0: to another episode of Courageous Conversations with Sheree. I'm your girl, Sheree Darien, And today we have a very special treat. Ladies, this is just for us. And we're going to have some fun. I'm going to, in a moment, just introduce you to uh, two very special guests and uh, let you know what we're up to here in, or over there, in South Carolina, since we're in Savannah in the studio. (laughs) Uh, there's a lot going on across the bridge in the Low Country, but I'll let you into that in just a moment. want to remind you that the viewpoints expressed in the following program are not necessarily those of WRUU, its license holder, or its staff. And without further ado, I'll tell you about an amazing and awesome opportunity that's coming up that was actually created, designed with you in mind. You women, yes. And why? We're going to find out in just a moment. I'm speaking about an inaugural launch of a a new nonprofit organization just for women. And we're going to talk to the founder and a visionary behind this, as well as another female that said, you know what? High five, girl. We're, We're right there with you, and we're going to make this thing happen together. Now, granted, it's happening soon, like really, really soon. In fact, yesterday made it 30 days away. So we're at the, what is it, 29 day? We're in a 30-day mark. What, is this a 30 or 31-day month? But it's right around the corner. But that's why we're coming to you now, so that you can prepare and get your ticket and be a part of it. And that you can also share this. I think once you hear the vision and how it's got, uh, you know, while it was actually birthed, that you will be inspired to actually be a part of it. So the two wonderful women that I have on today is Takiyah LaShawn and Jennifer Glass. Welcome guys to the show, or ladies to the show. How are you today?
1: (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Sharifah, for having us on the show. I'm doing well. Fabulous.
2: Very honored.
0: So thank you. Thank you both. It's it's funny, uh, Jennifer, you don't know this, but... Several years ago, well, you and I obviously have just met, uh, but several years ago, I was campaigning for Senate, uh, and I kind of got thrown into the spotlight, like literally. And so I was on TV, and radio, and the magazine thing. Um, I'm hearing a little bit of background. So I'm going to mute that one. Um, but anyway... I was actually thrown into the spotlight, if you will, and that's where my um, opportunity to actually now become a TV and radio host kind of started. And it started because of Takiya (laughs) LaShawn. She kind of threw me under the bus. I didn't even realize what was occurring at the time. But um, it's because of her that I actually am now Uh, I'm not a DJ, but I'm certainly a radio host or hostess. I like to put the the, uh, feminine portion on that. And so it's because of her that I get to do this and have fun. We were talking just before we went on the air about um, if we could talk and get paid for it. And so you essentially get to have some fun doing that right now. The pay part I'm still working on, though. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer, why don't you jump in and tell everybody who you are and what you're up to?
2: Well, um, I work for a local nonprofit that operates north of the Broad here in South Carolina. We are called Help of Beaufort, and I am essentially a program coordinator. I run um, mobile meals, which you may have heard of as Meals on Wheels. Oh yeah. North of the Broad, um, all of Beaufort. I also take care of fundraising and uh, event planning, Um, volunteer recruitment and training uh, heavily involved in creating policies procedures structure for the programs Um, when I took over mobile meals it was kind of a disaster Uh and I was just handed a list of names and addresses and told okay go so I have spent the better part of this year designing the entire program restructuring it building just the very basic documentation. So I, I love nonprofits and I, I love kind of delving into that and getting involved in things that change people's lives in general. Mm-hmm. But Takia and I met through a mutual friend who knew me very well. I spoke at a Women's Empowerment Summit last June and she was a, another person that I spoke with and she kind of put me in touch with Takiyah thinking that our visions were very similar and when the two of us got together it was a match made in heaven quite literally oh
0: wow wow i don't
2: have the same story as her i think we all have our own stories but i am somebody who didn't have the easiest childhood growing up dealt with a lot of Things that created very poor beliefs and habits and therefore choices and found myself a couple years ago in a really tough spot and had to learn how to pick up the pieces and start over again, but do it differently this time. And I think it was in that experience um, that I realized I wanted to help women avoid that or get out of it, help them change what they believe, change how they act and speak and their worldview so that they could either change their circumstances and relearn even down to the most basic life skills or just avoid that altogether by starting young at focusing on what do I believe and and what do I want and how do I act to get to where I want to be and um, had kind of been looking for a way to do that and kind of offer my knowledge and gifts do something um and here came takia and i thought oh my gosh will you please just talk to me for a few minutes girlfriend
0: wow wow no i totally get that i love that and that's why i do this uh every week And uh, because I love people's stories and you're absolutely right that we all have a story. Like we have our own journeys in life and uh, it's just beautiful how our paths eventually cross and then how something that you may have gone through experienced, will land so heavily with me and I can relate. And there's some type of... um, it resonates, you know what I mean? It just resonates with me. And it's like, wow. Because many times when we're going through, especially as women, perhaps as men too, but I can identify because obviously I'm a woman, that when we're in the midst of whatever that is, it feels like it's just us, like nobody else is going through it. And so when okay. we come in contact with that, the other woman that, oh, you get me, like you see me, you feel me, you understand where I'm coming from. That's like a breath of fresh air. So I totally get it. Yeah. That's high five. That's what I think this whole organization is about. And um, because it was a time and I want to let Tikiya. I don't want to steal your thunder. I want you to share your own story so people can hear it right from, I hate saying this and I, I find myself saying this all the time, mm-hmm. saying it from the horse's mouth, but you guys get where I'm coming from, right? I want you to say it so you can <laughs> feel it. So, they, so everyone mm-hmm. can feel it because no one else can tell your story like you can tell your story.
1: So with that being said, Takiyah, take it away. (laughs) Thank you. And I I think you ladies have laid, you know, which is, have laid such a wonderful platform and foundation to exactly the reason and the purpose for my doing this. Um, Something that you just said, no one can tell your story better than you can tell your story. And I had to learn that. I wouldn't say the hard way, but for lack of a better term, the hard way, because you said two things, Cherie, is sometimes we feel like when we're going through things, it's just us, it's just me. And what that does is it creates this persona of shame. We're, We're ashamed of what we've gone through. We don't want anyone to know. And then we bottle up and we close up and we don't share our stories. And I have had to learn that I have learned that in sharing my story, there is so much power, there's so much purpose, and there's such a release in being able to share your own story. And when you see what it does for someone else, that it opens up the eyes of a woman that goes, oh, I'm not the only one going through this. I see her, and what I saw on the surface that I thought about her she's, she's just like me. She's tangible. She's just, she's real. She's just like me. She's going through it, but also it creates hope because you go, but she's doing okay. Also, I literally had that experience 10 years ago when I first started my, um, salon with a woman that I, I had come out of a physically abusive relationship and when I got out of this relationship, I ended up homeless. It took a lot of strength and courage to get out of it because I knew I was going to end up with nothing. He was very controlling and had, you know, done some things manipulatively to get me in a position of, of depending on him. Mm-hmm. So when I made the decision to leave, I knew I was walking away from everything and I did and I ended up homeless, but I ended up getting into the beauty industry to work and, In my beauty industry, that was God's avenue for sending women into my path and prompting me to share my story because so many women would come in and you know how we do when we go get our hair done and our nails done, we start talking. That's therapy. You know, girl, let me tell you what's going on. Uh But then- we like to, when we build up that rapport and that level of trust, it's just, let me talk to you a little bit deeper about what's going on with me." And so women started to share their stories with me, and I would always feel prompted, you know, share your story." And for the first three or four times, I was like, "Nope, I ain't saying anything because I don't even want to remember the skeletons in my closet and what I've went through. I'm just trying to keep moving through life, and that's it. But I remember sharing my story with this woman. And when I told her, you know what? I've gone through what you're what I've gone through what you're in right now of being in a physically abusive relationship. I've gone through that. And I shared with her my story and how I got out of it. And took strength every day to put one foot in front of the other. And when she sat up and she looked at me, the most profound thing to me was the look on her face and the hope that she had, her words were, but you're okay.
0: Oh, she wow. was
1: completely shocked. To see that I had endured what she was in the midst of, but I was okay. Wow. And for me, from that moment forward, I was like, okay, if this, sharing my story does this with one woman, I will tell the world. Wow. I will tell the world. And so that brings me, and that was like the chapter one of the book of Takiya's life. <laughs> We're in chapter two and chapter two is a totally different avenue okay, okay. Where press we- pause, press, <laughs> pause. I press pause this is
0: what i did too when i'm in the studio ladies i love y'all okay so i, I want you to know yes. that I love both of you and jennifer i love you but there's this thing Like I have to, I feel like I'm doing double Dutch when I'm on with my my guests because they get so Uh good and it gets so juicy. And I'm like, let me in, let me in. I want to jump in. So I can't let you just give it all away. I need you to press pause because people listening. Our listening audience are probably jumping out their cars right now or their homes or wherever they are. I I want you to just press pause because there's so much in both of you. That I want you to unpack. Yeah. That you were talking about. First of all, Jennifer, we're talking about, and and this is what I wrote down when you were sharing, Jennifer, that you love nonprofits, um, mm-hmm. and things that change people's lives in general. And I quote you directly. That's what you said. Because I'm always looking like, what is it that makes you tick? Like, what is it Mm -hmm. that makes you jump out the bed every day? And so I'm like, okay, now I got her. I'm feeling Jennifer because Jennifer and I just met. And then, Takia, you get on and you start unpacking once you actually start uh, sharing your story, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I always reference Clint Eastwood um andy indifferent all of that jazz but to see the uh, light in another human being's eyes light up the rewarding feeling the fulfillment that comes from that is like omg but you're also empowering them and giving them permission Now, now that i have done that you have a tangible human example of what Sometimes it's the identical thing that you're going through, they're going through, whatever, but sometimes it's not, but they can relate. But what you say, I think, is so profound in that moment. And granted, for women, we're different in that we got to build that rapport. We have to initiate that trust first before we're going to just be naked, totally naked, under and unapologetic with our truth with you. Because we got to be trusting mm-hmm. that, okay, you're going to care for me in, in my story. You're just not going to dismiss it or reject me or add on any future trauma to what I've already got. You know, the baggage I'm already carrying. You're going to help me kind of unpack this stuff. But key words, mm-hmm. so simple, like two characters, but you're okay, that is huge. Yes. So yep. I wonder yep. how many people just need to know, women especially, that they too are, are going to be okay or that they are going to be okay. okay. Or that it's okay Sorry.
1: not to be okay. What about that, ladies? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I said something like that a couple of days ago, I was speaking to someone and I said, you know, we need to understand that it is okay to not be okay. But it is not okay to try to go at it alone when you want to be okay.
0: Mm. Do you feel like you ever speaking to yourself when you're saying that? I do uh-huh all the time <laughs> all the time which means you, we're Jen, all a work in process like we none of us oh. have arrived
1: Mm-mm.
0: but how many of no. us pretend like we got it all together we got all the answers
1: absolutely, absolutely.
0: Jennifer, Jen, you look like you were <laughs> going to say something go
2: ahead well I don't ever wanna talk over anyone else. I think it goes back to, um, I wanna say it's Ecclesiastes in the Bible. There's a time and place for everything. And just absolutely everything under the sun. There's a time for grief and mourning. There's a time for joy and celebration. And I think being not okay kind of fits into that. There are going to be circumstances in life where you aren't okay. It's not humanly possible to face certain losses or adversities and be okay Um, but there's a difference between being not okay for a time and being completely um, in despair and hopeless Mm -hmm. and I think that as women we have to learn to give ourselves much more permission to say you know what I'm not okay But I still have the strength to do what I need to do. I have surrounded myself with women or men, um, who encourage me and support me. And I know that even though I'm not okay right now, that doesn't make me crazy. That's not unusual. Um, I'm not on autopilot. I'm, I'm delving into these feelings, I'm experiencing them, I'm trying to understand them and work through them while I continue on doing my life. Because I think a lot of women, or men, I'm not sure, but we tend to either go into autopilot or go into pretend mode. Mm -hmm. And I don't think either one of those are appropriate. If you're on autopilot, you're not dealing with what's happening or what you're feeling. If you're pretending, not only are you not dealing with it, but you're also working out the extra energy to put on this false pretense. And the reality is, is if we could just be honest and vulnerable enough to say, no, I'm not okay right now, but I will be okay. I have resources that I can pull from. And this is normal because any normal person in this situation would not be okay but this isn't the end mm-hmm. this isn't where my story ends and i'm going to keep going not because i'm faking it not because i'm on autopilot but because there are people that need me i need myself there's more to be done and life doesn't stop just because we're not okay
0: mm, that's that's good yeah that's you said a mouthful that's, she did good she did <laughs> that that I don't know. I just need to take a break. I think right now. After that, <laughs> <laughs> so, that's so powerful. Oh, I, like I could show you my notes. Like what I heard you say, Jennifer. That there's a difference between struggling and suffering.
2: Right. Mm,
0: yep. Like there's a big difference, mm-hmm. and we have to identify so- what, what, um, just humanity. Just you know, the cares of life. But also the autopilot and the pretend mode, you said that it takes extra energy to keep up the pretense. It does. Oh, but we miss that because we get on this routine and we just do it like a hamster on a wheel. We just do it. So Have you it, ever seen go ahead.
2: The movies where somebody is having a conversation and they're they're going on about their daily business and but inside their mind they're having this whole separate dialogue where they're just like ready to scream and rip their hair out and i feel like that's what it's like to put on the false pretense of i'm okay everything's great everything's Mm. fine you're you're almost living a double life you've got what you're trying to put off and what's really going on on the inside it's too much Mm.
0: it is Mm. It is definitely, and you know that you just made me think about a very common question that if you say tomorrow morning you get up and you just run into the grocery store or get some gas or something and you just, because we're in the South, you know, everybody speaks to each other and it's like, how are you? But before <laughs> you can even answer, it's like we're 10 miles down the street, you know? We didn't really stop to listen, but I wonder, and those that of us that answer, I'm good,
2: but it's I'm not. Fine. Right. I'm fine. I'm fine.
0: Yeah, especially women, because yep. you know we're not hating on the board, the brothers, or we're not leaving the men out. But because what to mm-hmm. get uh, this particular event that you're hosting, the primary target right. audience is women. We're talking about women today, so right. right. Us actually really, you know, recognize our answer to that very simple question? Um, how are you? Absolutely.
1: So I think you
0: wanted to say
1: something as well. Well, again, just going back to, you know, what Jennifer just said, I mean, I heard you Sheree say you're taking notes and I'm sitting here taking notes as well as things (laughs) stand out. And she said so much that really was just a mouthful. What she said, a lot of times we as women, we are not we are not willing to be honest and vulnerable. Mm. And I know that's the area that So, for instance, this event coming up, anyone that knows me knows I have no problem with transparency. I've learned that when I share, because this is my God-given calling and my purpose, transparency, I have no problem. But what has been a struggle has been me being vulnerable, and there is a difference. Vulnerability vulnerability is hard because especially for me growing up the way that I did being a woman in business, being a single mother, just facing the world as a woman, I've been taught to be strong and vulnerability is sort of a weakness. And if I show you that I'm vulnerable, I am being weak and I'm allowing you to have some sort of control or something over me. And that's not true. And so when it comes to this area of me branching out and saying, I need to really, so I'm going to tie it back in with what she just ended on with talking about, sometimes we go, go, go. And we're almost like we're living this double life because we present ourselves as one thing in the public eye, but behind closed doors or to ourselves, we can be vulnerable and have that release within ourselves in our private moment, but we, I'm Okay. I'm good just like you all said we smiled you know and I did that for so long I silently was battling things even being in the public eye I kept a smile on and a good face and a good look because I felt like if I showed any sense of vulnerability or honesty about what I was dealing with in my private life then I was not going to be looked at as someone that's strong or you're you're really letting you know you're really letting people down and I had to learn that it's okay for me to say I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what she talked about also with learning that there are resources out there to pull from. And again, tying in with what, I'm, what I'm doing, I recognize a, not a not necessarily a lack, well, yeah, I'll say a lack. There's a gap and a hole for the proper resources that we as women need when we're dealing with some of the issues that we are dealing with, there's an abundance of resources and materials out there. But in this area in particular, and in this vein of what I feel God has given me to do in this step in this phase, there's a need for it, and that is what this event is about. It is to answer that need. That is what Heal Her Ink was born out of, and I'll go some more into my personal experience and my story, but it is basically to let women know it is okay to say you are not okay Mm -hmm. and it is okay to be honest and vulnerable about that and here's a safe space and a safe place to do that
0: okay so Takia I have a couple of questions number one you you told us that you're when it comes to being um, vulnerable I'm sorry transparent you have that but But, in order to be vulnerable, that's a, still a challenge for you right
1: yeah it is it's it's the ever it's a daily growing process for me in this past year, this has been something that I really feel that I'm being led to be more of because for the for where where God has brought me and placed me in business. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an author. I'm a TV radio, radio talk show host. I am a mentor. I have all these titles. And, you know, when I go out there, I have a presentation on how I look and walk and talk and what's expected of me. But when I go home at the end of the day, the stress and the burden and I'm feeling overwhelmed and just feeling like I've, you know, nobody sees that. And so vulnerability has been something that area that I am really feeling a pull to show more of because people see all those titles and they think girlfriend got it going on. She Uh don't have no cares or worries in the world. She driving a nice car. She living in a nice house. She got money in the bank. Her kids are in, you know, But I need to be vulnerable. I need to be a little more tangible because I don't want to lose that individual that needs to understand that you can rub elbows with me. You can rub shoulders with me because sister, I'm just like you. At the end of the day, I'm human. You cut me. I bleed. You hurt me. I cry. And that is something that God is saying. They need to see that side of you because there's a lot of women out there that, you know, we, as women, we, we all tend to do it. We tend to, misjudge a book I won't say judge but we tend to misjudge a book by its cover and that area of vulnerability of showing emotion and that I have dealt with depression and I have dealt with um, emotional and mental challenges not only within myself but within very beloved family members it has been eye-opening and it requires some deep vulnerability and so, yes, that can be challenging because you're putting yourself out there. When you're vulnerable, you feel like I'm opening myself up to be rejected or received.
0: That is so good. And I want you to speak to the transparent part because you said that was an area of strength for you. And I just want to make sure that we understand the difference between the
1: Absolutely. Uh, you know, when I say transparency, you know, one word comes to mind. Um, I remember some years ago hearing um, someone speak and they talked about the word intimacy and they said they broke it down and said intimacy means into me you see. Mm. And I really that really And when you think of transparency, well, transparent means you can see through me, you can see through something. And so in sharing my story, when we share our stories, transparency, I can put on paper what I've been through. I can talk about what I've been through. I can rehearse it and I can speak on it with things that maybe used to cause me to be emotional. I can talk about it at the drop of dime without crying. I can be transparent and open up and share my story with you. But in vulnerability, I'm not allowing – I haven't allowed you, even though I'm giving you that facet of me, I'm not giving you the emotional side of it and the, side, the, the weaker side of it where I'm sharing – the emotions that I've gone through. So for instance, when I wrote my first book, Never Forsaken, that was a transparent moment. I put on paper things that I had gone through and you can pick that up and you can read it and you go, wow, this is Takiya's life. But now we're moving into a chapter where it was like, what did it, what did those things feel like? What are the things that you're going through and enduring? You're being vulnerable, you're opening up and you're talking about the deep, emotions of it all the the depths of you know the fact that you hurt or you cried or you're dealing with um depression you know that that telling you the the components or the repercussions of what I went through that transparency told you my story but now I'm sharing. This is the repercussions of what I've gone through. Mm-hmm. I still have some things that I am healing, that I am healing from. You know, it's not all okay. You know, so it's it's diving deeper into that transparency, if that makes any sense, and just allowing the emotional side of it really to be exposed.
0: So, would you agree or disagree that? you have to be ready meaning the individual that shares that very intimate vulnerable side of themselves do you you think that they have to be ready to do that first because i don't think everybody is courageous enough pun intended (laughs) courageous i caught that (laughs) but we're trying to heal each other but how I don't think the only way to get out of it is to go through it, and many times that mm-hmm. takes reflecting to go back to many times it's childhood mm-hmm. traumas, whatever our baggage mm-hmm. is. But mm-hmm. many times people don't want to deal with it; they don't want, don't want to experience mm-hmm. the dark night of the soul, if you will. Yep. But I think they, Absolutely. all of us, have to get ready where we're strong enough, where we can be mm-hmm. naked, mm-hmm. Um, unashamed, mm-hmm. unapologetic about our own truth. Can mm-hmm. I jump? sure absolutely yes
2: um i think when it comes to what you're talking about you know not wanting to actually face things or deal with it let's be honest it's not really very convenient at Mm -hmm. any time to experience a wave of grief or to open up those childhood wounds or young adult wounds because it's it doesn't come with a zipper you can't unzip it, let it all hang out and then zip it back up real quick. So it's all put away. Um, Mm. you know, when you deal with these things, it, it can rock your world and it can do so sometimes for weeks or months at a time. Um, I'm just going to share a really quick story Yeah. as an example though. When I was younger, I married a Marine and this has nothing to do with my, you know, story that, prompts this, but as an example, he was very abusive and he was super into pornography. He cheated on me all the time and it was pretty devastating, but I don't think at the time I understood what a significant and damaging impact it had on me. It wasn't until years later when I was completely separated from the situation. I was divorced. I had moved on. I'd lived in a different state. I had yeah. all new friends and I loved my life, but we went to see this movie, me and like 20 of my closest friends. It was ridiculous. This is one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting in a movie theater. I was watching the movie Fireproof and uh-huh. there's a scene where the man who has struggled with a porn addiction is sitting at the computer and an ad pops up and you see this very real struggle between him wanting to do what's right and wanting to do what he always did. And that was look at this pornography, but he was was battling for his marriage and he finally said enough is enough. And he literally ripped the computer out of the wall, beat it to pieces with a baseball bat and left a note for his wife who knew he had been into pornography for a long time. And the note said, I love you more. Oh, wow. I oh. wept in a packed mm. movie theater in front of 20 of my closest friends, wept so embarrassingly that people were asking my friends if I was okay. Uh
0: uh-huh.
2: And mm. it was as if God himself had reached down into the darkness of my soul and said, Hey, we're going to bring this out into the light. And it's ah. time that you deal with, it, deal with it. I didn't even know that it was there. I didn't know what an impact it had on me until that moment. And mm-hmm. I just had to let it happen. The floodgates came and I hey. cried. Ah. Fire, but I just kind of rolled with it. And for a few weeks, I was kind of down and I had to journal a lot. And, and I'm a verbal processor, so I talked to my friends and it was in doing that that i i realized not only that it had been such a problem but that i had been ignoring it and i was able to process it now it it wasn't convenient that was a very inconvenient time to deal with that Uh but i can watch that movie now and watch that same scene and i feel nothing because Mm -hmm. once god walks you through that right truly dealt with that it's gone and the door is closed and you can move on from it. So it may not be convenient to delve into that mess, but if you can trust yourself, if you have a safe place, like what Takiya is trying to do here, if you have the support and the security and the safe place to do it, you can't imagine what that feels like to breathe with one less burden. Oh,
0: girl, you are amazing, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah. Kudos to you, girl. Like virtual high five. Like I'm so super <laughs> proud of you. I'm glad you were like balling in in that yeah. Theater, yeah. where yeah. You were. I'm more grateful that you had your tribe with you, your friends, your support mm-hmm. system around you. Community. That's what this is. Today. Community. You're building That's a what safe mm-hmm. place. Uh, where people can do that because it's suppression they suppress like childhood traumas and just different things that we go through because life is still Mm -hmm. happening until there's a trigger and you had Mm -hmm. a trigger in that with that fireproof movie and we never know when or where that is going to happen but back to ecclesiastic there's a time and a place for everything Uh under the sun and I believe that this particular event heal her and now granted it's happening soon but I believe it's divine timing and it has to happen Takiyah so do not Mm -hmm. sit here and because there is a Jennifer out there there is a Marie out there there is a Takiyah out there that needs this like their life depends on it
1: Amen oh. to that. And I, oh, my yes, God. that was just so <laughs> good. I just, that was good. That was that was so powerful. And mm-hmm. I think each of us can, in some way, shape, or form, you know, with you and myself and Jennifer on panel panel, having some sort of moment like that, where mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned the word triggers, and you and Jennifer mentioned that she had no clue that that was even there or needed to be dealt with, and that is a part of. What I mean by my vulnerability, you know, it seems I've gone through stuff and I'm doing okay, but I still have triggers and I still have things that make me realize I'm not okay with this area. I thought I handled it. I thought I, you know, and, and, and so bringing to thought what I want to do with heal her is I had an experience you talked about community this is community this is a community of support and women that are going to come together and provide that safe space and just to help the healing process begin but back in February you know I had a surgery you want me to go ahead and go into my story absolutely go right ahead <laughs> okay good. so back in February I had a major surgery um I've gone through we talked about the process of leaving the abusive relationship that was over 10 years ago, but you go to the last three to five years of my life, I have been dealing with, like I said, a very close loved one to me that has been dealing with mental health and just obstacles and, you know, me not being equipped with knowing how to help her other than, you know, being taught that, well, we just pray about this, or (laughs) we just, you know, read our scriptures some more. And that's, that's the foundation. It is, you know, our source and our help, but it's very profound that we are able to reach out and find a place where we can get some help from as well. And so in dealing with all of this situation, just the burden and the stress and the strain of it all, being an entrepreneur, being a parent, um, You know all of the titles that i talked about it got really overwhelming and then i started dealing with physical attacks in my body um just dealing with fibroid tumors in my uterus that were so large that they were pressing up against other organs in my body and causing pain and um just all kind of things medical problems and dealing with emotional stress of day-to-day life it was all very burdensome and i finally had to have surgery back in february of this year And when I went into surgery, I had to stay in the hospital for three days. Mm -hmm. When I went into the hospital, I literally treated the hospital as if I was going to a resort. I was ready to get away from my life. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get away from business. I wanted to get away from, um, I'm highly avid and involved in ministry at my church of over 20 years. Um, I began to back away from responsibility because it was just burning me out. And emotionally, mentally, physically, I was just not handling it well. When I went into surgery, I remember going under anesthesia. And my thought process was, God, if I do not wake up from this anesthesia, I will be okay with that. Mm -hmm. I was ready. I was that burned out. I remember talking to a close friend of mine and telling her, I did a will and testament. Mm. I'm leaving you in charge of my son. I want you to take care of him. I wanted to leave here. And on the outside, and this is where that vulnerability comes from, because Takiyah LaShawn, we know her as she's making moves and she's making things happen, but behind closed doors, I was ready to leave here. I was ready to die. And that's vulnerable. To open up and say that now because of being someone in leadership and ministry or in entrepreneurship, you don't hear people talk like that. You're supposed to keep a good look and a strong face and you're supposed to be okay because you're the strong one. And if you're the strong one and we can't come to you, who does the strong one go to? Right. And so when I had surgery, I was ready to go. But, and, and, and the... The thing of it is, is I stopped breathing three times in recovery. Mm. My body, my mindset was telling me, you need to go. You need to go. Uh But I remember waking up and hearing God say, "Um, I'm not done with you. (laughs) And so as I began my healing process, I spent three days in the hospital and it took two and a half, three months to heal. I was going to go home. I was going to take care of myself you know, let my son help me out here and there, but I'll be okay. When we talk about community, what happened is my community, my village simply would not allow it. Mm -hmm. No, you will not go home by yourself. You will come stay here and we will take care of you. And I had friends step up that really just nurtured me. They took care of me. I couldn't walk. I couldn't sit up. I couldn't Hardly on my own because of the surgery, and I needed someone. That word "need" a lot of times we're really scared to use that because it's a trust. Yeah. And I realized I really needed someone, and I had a village of women that even if they couldn't be by my side, I got phone calls. I mean, they brought me food, they brought me things to read, they called to check up on me. I had a village. I had a community, and I remember during this process just thinking. I have a village but what about that woman that doesn't I'm strong but I could not weather this by myself what about that woman that does not have anybody there for her how does she get through this it was unfathomable to me because I've been so blessed to have a village and so I began to think on this and pray on it and write out the vision and during this process, the word that kept coming up was heal. Mm-hmm. I just needed to heal mentally. I needed to heal spiritually. I needed to heal emotionally. I just needed to heal. Um, mm-hmm. I myself had gone through tremendous mental stress where I, I couldn't focus, I couldn't think, I was not myself. I was in and out of depression. So there was a lot of different avenues that I needed healing from. But during this process, the word that continually came up with heal. And so out of this experience, Heal Her Ink was born. And the whole purpose of it is, is that it's restorative women's retreat. It's wow. not a day to go. It's not a spa day. It's not get together and we're clinking glasses, sitting by the pool. It's everything that you, Jennifer, and I have just spoke of is where do I find my resource? Mm-hmm. Where do I go to say that I'm not okay, but I need your help to be okay? Where do I connect? Where do I disconnect? Where do I begin this process? Yeah. And so that is the goal and the vision of Heal Her Inc. And This event that's coming up is, as you said, the first inaugural introduction of it, and it's a a speaker's retreat to benefit and proceeds to go towards these restorative retreats that will be fully funded for those that are recipients of it.
0: Wow. That's amazing. That's incredible. What's the date of the event?
1: So we are September 14th. 2019, ladies, as Cherie said, we are less than 30 days out, but we know there's a need out there. September 14th at the University of South Carolina, Beaufort, USCB, right here in Beaufort, South Carolina, and we start at 1 o'clock.
0: So I will certainly put up the link where people can yeah. um, get tickets or sponsor or be a part, um, what would you say as far as inviting other women? Who should be there? Who should attend this meeting,
1: event? Every woman, mother, daughter, wife, sister, friend, aunt, friends of friends, because if not for ourselves, each and every one of us can relate or know someone that can benefit from this. Yeah. Um, it's not, you know, we were taught, I think Jennifer and I were talking about this earlier about mental health awareness or the term mental health, that when we hear mental health, we often think of the stigma or the names that go with it. Schizophrenia or bipolar or manic depressive. Yes, those are names. But when we talk about mental health, we're talking about that mother, you know, you may have a single mother who is raising children on her own and she's working a full-time job and she's putting herself through school. That's, that affects your mental health. It doesn't negative. It doesn't speak it to the negative, you know, but it's just every one of us, or you have a wife who her role is, I've, I'm here supporting my family or my husband in his business or in his avenue, and I have children or a wife that is going through a divorce. It's it's not just one particular outlet. It is how often have we as women said, if I can just get a break, if I can just get away, yeah. if I can just have time for myself. And and for me, that experience, for me, I said that, but the death of me to say it, I literally reached out to people for help and people didn't and couldn't understand Shaquille LaShawn is asking for help. Mm -hmm. You're okay. You just need to go rest. You just need a break or you just need to go pray. No, this is my, I literally told people, this is my cry for help. I need help. I am struggling mentally and emotionally and I'm not myself and I need your help and I need you to take me seriously. And we some of us get to that place where it's our cry for help and we may not have reached out to anyone but that's what this is about that this is a resource for you to reach out to us when you, you we know ourselves better than anyone and we know when we are at that place where we are saying this is my cry for help wow I gotta jump
0: in again and I, I do apologize but we have already been on can you believe it? a full hour wow <laughs> As wow. I told you guys, it's just a conversation, <laughs> but we take over. And before you know it, the time is literally gone. So want to remind mm. everyone, listen, if you think this quick, short snapshot of an interview was good, man, you got to get there. Be there or be square. Get your ticket and join <laughs> us again for Heal Her... Um, is it ink incorporated? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Give give the event the event title again, give the date again. Yes. Yeah. And your website.
1: Absolutely. So the it's it's inaugural in the sense of the foundation is heal her ink, h-e-a-l, h-e-r with the word her in the middle, but the theme of it is painfully, passionately, perfectly purpose. And that title comes from We Can All Find Purpose Through Our Pain. That's something that I've said before. It's September 14th, 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the USCB Performing Arts Center. And you can get tickets online at takia lashawncom Sheree will share all of that, the link and everything. Tickets are on sale. They're open now. And you may know someone that can benefit from this. We have the Gift Her Tickets where you can buy two at the cost of one and bring a sister, a friend, a mother, a daughter, a colleague, someone that you know is going to need to hear this and understand what we are doing. Look, if they don't need it today, they will need it tomorrow.
0: Because life is tomorrow. happening constantly. Right. If there's any women in your life that you love, you need to go go ahead, go on, and just purchase them a ticket. That's what needs to mm-hmm. happen. Because we mm-hmm. all, the strongest, as you said, the strongest one seemingly among us needs it not just the people that's in some form of tragedy or you know mishap or just having a difficulty at this stage just we need it if we don't need it today we will eventually need it so why not keep their full and serve them now there's just so much more here but i want to remind you jennifer any last words from you for the audience today before we cut off
2: um for me the biggest thing is education um I love Tikia's heart and her desire to, you know, nurture and support. And for me, the biggest thing is education at every point in life. You should be reaching forward to learn from those who know more than you do, who have gone before you and know what you need to know. And you should be reaching back to teach those who are behind you, um, the way to go and the things you need. And I think that is another piece of what we're offering is insight, wisdom, um, tools that you can use to navigate life. And that is also important. It's both. It's the nurture. It's the love. It's the encouragement. But it's also the education and equipping of women to send them back out different than when they came in more equipped to face life more equipped to overcome challenges and i think that every woman out there is going to glean something from this and would really just be blessed by it
0: wow well i think you're right i couldn't agree more but with that being said takia thank you for entering the call and casting the net for this vision we have read it and we are running with you And I can't wait until September 14th. But you guys hold the line. I'm just going to drop off of the air. And I just want to again, thank you both for being on with me today. It's been another episode of Courageous Conversations with Sheree. Savannah, I will see you again next Thursday. But until then, you've been listening to WRUU, LP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, Community Radio With Global Soul. And with that being said, I want to also remind you that the viewpoints expressed in the preceding program are not necessarily those of WRUU, its license holder, or its staff. I shall talk to you guys on next week. Thank you so much.